TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. We got Ross Lebensky on the ones, twos, and you rolling with us. On a Wednesday evening in the Metroplex, Valentine's Day, and we uh, hope to be keeping you good company on this evening. We were just talking before the break about uh, various athlete names that evoke Valentine's Day, yep. and uh, a couple more came in throughout the break on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, that I want to shout out from 254, Romeo Crennel, former uh coordinator and head coach in the NFL. That's so good. I'm so disappointed I couldn't think of that one. Yeah, Romeo, Romeo Cornell is a good one there. And then also from the 214, Reggie Blake, I can't believe you forgot about Babe Laufenberg. Shout out to Babe Laufenberg, the uh, play by or the uh, color analyst on, for your Dallas Cowboys right here on 105.3 The Fan. Also, Jalen, because love hurts. Jalen hurts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Single um, and spending Valentine's with y'all. Is there a better place to be? I mean, probably, but no, it's not, not. It's not. I mean, it's not a, a terrible place to be by any means, I imagine. And we're trying to keep you company, have some fun on a on a Valentine's Day or evening. We can have a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had some fun earlier today, two p.m. to be exact, listening to one hundred five through the fan as Mike Zimmer was introduced as the defensive coordinator of the Dallas Cowboys. And I I don't say that sarcastically. I know it sounded like oh he just said that for the segue. I was actually. Genuinely interested in listening to what Mike Zimmer had to say um, about what his approach would be to being the defensive coordinator and the ways to uh, make this team better, this Cowboys team better. And one of the things that he had, that he said, got me really interested. And he was asked about the prospect of working with Deron Bland and working with Trayvon Diggs, clearly two very good cornerbacks. And within the course of this, he said some very interesting stuff. Well, I'm always excited to coach with, with good players and and uh, good defensive backs. You know, this kind of was my, as you said, my baby coming up. Um, you know, I, I love the technical aspect of that position. Um, I know you guys that were here 18 years ago. When I was, you probably saw some some of that stuff when I was here. But uh, you know, footwork, technique, uh, hand placement, um, you know, getting out of the break, shoulder shoulder level, you know, all those things. And so, um, you know, those two guys. Obviously, I've never worked with them, so I don't know. I've only seen them on tape. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, we can continue to get continue to get them better. I know, you know, obviously, I've, I've watched some of those guys on tape. So there you go. There was that. There was other instances where he mentioned the idea of like, yeah, making sure that you coach guys up. And so that got me thinking, right? The idea is, especially when you compare him to Dan Quinn, who Dan Quinn seemed to be very much about making sure that, you know, like let's get turnovers and those things. But it seems, and I know that Al Harris has talked about how, you know, the idea of like technique and those types of things and so on and so forth. But ultimately, he was heavy on talking about the technique and making sure the guys are doing things the right way and that ultimately leading to the turnovers uh, Mike Zimmer was. And that made me think, 
Who do you think on this defense is going to benefit the most yeah, so from the, having Mike Zimmer as a defense coordinator with that level of approach and his his kind of attention to detail and technique and those types of things? My, the first guy I thought of, and it, it might be low hanging fruit, but um, it, it's Deron Plan. I mean, it's a guy. Interesting. Okay. It, it's a guy that was a, a late round pick that most Cowboys fans and most people around the league didn't know much about, and. Two years ago, I'm not talking about the season just happened, but the year before that, he showed a lot of good stuff out of the slot and um, had some uh, had some interceptions, but wasn't really the highlight of the team because people were still looking at Diggs and Micah and um, LVE and all those guys, and he kind of went as an unsung hero. And then obviously this year, Diggs steps out with the injury, and Bland has to play a lot more, leads the league in picks, pick sixes, the whole nine we already know. But I I, I think it's safe to say that there were some technical aspects of his game that could get better and with his technique and his especially his man coverage and shadowing receivers especially on some of those um, in breaking routes as you saw um, he, he had really good success kind of on those mesh concepts and against guys kind of running away from the quarterback a lot of those picks happened on out routes and drags when they got past the quarterback's second window and they were kind of in that third window towards the outside the numbers wasn't as many towards the middle of the field and kind of those in breaking routes so I'm really hoping that Zimmer with his DB background can help coach up Deron Bland and get even better in that aspect and kind of make make him an all-around technical uh, corner, which I thought he was quite good last year. I thought he was kind of a tier one corner, but a lot of people gave him slack or gave him didn't give him slack, I should say, for kind of his um, lack in certain games against bigger receivers. And a good coach is going to teach you technique to go against those bigger guys and not be at a disadvantage where I think Deron Bland sometimes was caught. And obviously, having Trayvon Diggs back next year, and we'll see if they have Gilmore back, and all that stuff will help uh, Bland. Maybe they'll put him in the slot, and we'll kind of see how the positions and personnel shakes out throughout the offseason. But I, I'm really excited for what he can do with Deron Bland and blossom into this third year and see how much better he can get because I think the potential's there, and we haven't even touched on the all-pro and Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting that you went there because I feel like a lot of people appreciate how good those guys are, and I think you're right. Deron Bland does probably have... Uh, room to grow, as I'm sure but, but Trayvon Diggs, is, D- Diggs does as well, and I think Zimmer will help that. I was thinking somebody else in the defensive secondary, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tell me if you agree here. The one that immediately came to mind, he wears number six. His name is Donovan Wilson. Yep. Donovan Wilson is a guy who has never, never been uh, wanting for, you know, aggression and physicality. Those are things that he brings and he has in, you know, just in, in high amounts. He likes throwing himself into, you know, like run stopping and into uh, tackles. But one thing about it is when it came to like actual coverage in the secondary, I, I didn't, he didn't feel strong at those types of things. No. And so the idea of having um, a coach who, you know, began in the secondary like Mike Zimmer and has that level of attention to detail and also like will hold you accountable – I feel like uh, D- Donovan Wilson could stand to gain a huge amount from you know working under uh, Mike Zimmer because if you add to that physicality that he has coming downhill and being maybe more of a box linebacker, allow him to be more uh, better in coverage, that's a well-rounded player that I like a lot because yeah. it's not like he doesn't have necessarily the tools to do it. It mm-hmm. just doesn't seem like it's it's well-polished and, and put together. And, and we saw uh, not I keep, I keep wanting to say last year, but now a whole season's done. Two years ago, he was a good safety. He got paid for a reason as well as the whole safety room. And this year we saw him kind of being out of position, having to play a lot in the box, kind of not – in a natural spot and didn't have his best year, I think he would say the same as well. And I, I agree with you. Hopefully Zimmer can kind of hone in on the, the 
weaknesses that he had and kind of coach those up because I, I think he does have the tools available. Um, another guy that, that comes to mind and might be low-hanging fruit as well is Micah Parsons, but not in the fact of just, well, Micah, Micah Parsons and him and pass rushing and all, they're just going to kill it. Like kind of using him kind of, I don't want to say all over the field, but in different spots because he had a player similar in Anthony Barr that was used as the pass rusher. Outside linebacker. linebacker, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's someone that we, we kind of saw towards the later half of the season that Micah wasn't primarily just a left defensive end and rush, rushing the pass. We saw him over over the center kind of a couple yards back. We even saw, I think it was, what game was it, the Miami or Buffalo game where he was kind of in between the D-line and the linebacker. Where yeah. He was kind of in that little two-and-a-half-yard split. Right. And I, I think Zimmer is going to get creative with him. I don't think he's just going to line up him at, at left defensive end and just say rush the passer every single play. And we might see some plays where he's using him more in a special way. So I'm really excited for some new eyes because we've only seen, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michael Parsons with Dan Quinn, correct? Um, that's I believe that's correct. Yeah, so this will be some fresh eyes on Michael Parsons and kind of we might see a whole new beast come out. And I if I trust anybody for what he's done with that Vikings um kind of second secondary unit and um, linebacking core. It, it would be Mike Zimmer, so I'm really excited for Bland. I'm really excited for Micah Parsons using him all over the field, and I think you made a great point on Donovan Wilson. What's another guy that you think maybe didn't have his best year that you think can kind of be revived with a Mike Zimmer um, scheme? Well, one of the things that I was thinking of as, okay, maybe players that could benefit, accountability seems to be one of the big things that people look at Mike Zimmer for, and I think a player that could maybe benefit from from a level of accountability, maybe Sam Williams. Yeah. Right, Sam yeah. Sam Williams has say, been say that one. There's I a co-sign. Lot, there's a lot of talent there, but it seems like just the being pinpoint with your with what you're doing. We saw some some penalties from Sam Williams and being very aggressive and trying to get to his spots, and that was good. Some of that even in, on special teams. If Sam Williams can like hone that in and be disciplined, there's plenty of talent of there to be an incredible pass rusher. And so I, I'm I'm interested to see what he looks like when you have Mike Zimmer adding to that um to that the discipline aspect of it and you know focusing on technique. I, I think that he could end up really developing and he, getting better. He he might even be a thing because um Dorrance Armstrong being a free agent, correct, might be somewhere where you can I don't want to let him go second on the team in sacks, but if he were to be let go and if Reggie's point becomes true and this guy is a really disciplined guy that you can play more often and replace of him then maybe that is something that you're not like, oh, my gosh, we lost Doran Armstrong because now Sam Williams, the talent's there. Mm-hmm. We've seen he can rush the passer. He's aggressive. He's strong. He's physical. He's quick. I mean, he got to the punter. He got to the punter every play. <laughs> every time they were the ball, he was he was in the backfield. So hopefully he can just hone in on that technique stuff and discipline and not jumping off sides and lining up off sides because yeah. this D-line, man, how many times have we been like, that guy's got talent? Oh, Fowler and Armstrong and Osa and, like, these guys can get after it, but it's like, pre-snap penalties yeah. and hitting the quarterback it's and very, not being gap assignments. Yeah, it's, like. very, it's very clear that the priority was get to the quarterback, right? Yeah. And so that was the priority. Everything else kind of took a little bit of a backseat to that. And so I think that you you were willing to kind of take that as the eggs that were broken in order to make the omelet. And it seems like the priority with Zimmer is like, you know, technique has to be down point and polish and all the other so things. That's one of the things that gets him grouchy. And so, yeah, and – he could be a grouch, yeah. Um, even as much as he wants to to say that he's, you know, uh, well adjusted and all those types of things, the grouch is what people are looking for in this instance. So, how about this from the eight one seven, Mozzie Smith? That's I thought I about Mozzie and I was like, 
how much of that is going to be like the unique flavor of Mike Zimmer? How much of that is going to be like, hey, he just needs to, you know, develop? But hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it, right? And I do think that, yeah, that's that's a fair thing here because technique seems to be a big thing for him in general. Slow off the ball. Uh, being slow off the ball is tough, right? If you can get that down, that's your that's half the battle. If we can get you to have your hands in the right place, be able to shed blocks in the way that you need to, be able to hold up guys and not be moved. Now, I wonder how much of that is like having the right weight on him because it did seem like he lost weight during the course of the season, which was thirty completely inexplicable to me that you have this guy that you have like as a big butt, one, a nose tackle, one technique, and you're moving out you know, to kind of play more like a three technique. It didn't I, make, couldn't, I couldn't explain it. didn't make very much sense to me, but just the idea that, hey, man, be big, hold that spot, but then on, on top of that, have the technique to get off the block quickly and you know put your hands in the right place and do those types of things. If Mike Zimmer can get to those things and help him along, you imagine that you maximize the possibility of Mozzie Smith becoming what you anticipated when you drafted him with the first-round pick. And I think the 2-4 and four brings up a good point. Um, does this mean that the first-round pick will be on the defensive side? And without getting too much into the draft, one, we don't know. <laughs> but two, uh, Zimmer kind of talked about in his presser about having his hand on talent that the Jones brothers have, have been willing to let you kind of have some say-so on who you pick and the personnel and stuff. But he also was like, you don't always get who you want. And the offense has to draft guys. I know offensive line is going to be a a <laughs> is obviously going to be a point of emphasis. But I'm sure if Zimmer makes a, a large push for some guy he wants, I'm sure the Joneses and Mike will take that into consideration. And obviously, what they do in free agency and trades and restructuring and bringing guys back will play a factor in that. But uh, I'll say on the defensive side of the ball, I feel a lot more comfortable. And I think some of the guys that we saw discipline issues with the Sam Williamses of the world will have someone who's a little bit more structured and hold them accountable. And maybe we can just see their talent show through and not kind of the pre-snap boneheaded penalties that we came to know with the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. So there you go. Mike Zimmer, the new defensive coordinator. Those are some of the players that we think could benefit from him being the defensive coordinator. Somebody else mentioned Leighton Vander Esch. I think the, the benefit there is just be healthy, dog. Mm-hmm. Be healthy. Um, so get right right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, let's go around the association where a couple of players were sent home in the middle of a road trip. And then also... Wait, the Warriors tried to trade for who? We're doing next on the fan. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Zatatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, Ersky. Thanks for rolling with us on a Wednesday evening in the Metroplex. Valentine's Day. Uh, as a couple of segments ago, we were having a little conversation about the athlete names that evoke Valentine's Day. How did we miss this? Precious Achua? Mm. Because, I mean, you know, Precious. Mm. Brock Purdy. Right? Purdy, Purdy cute. Right? Yes? No? Oh, okay. You're not, you're not. No, I'm just ashamed I like, that I, I couldn't. I was like, Ross does not look like he's impressed by this. Okay, we move it along. Um, but there you go. Um, we're, let's, let, your Mavs currently uh, really walking this one away. They're, they're just walking away from the Spurs at this point, which, or maybe the Spurs are refusing to play anymore because they're, they're not shooting very well, um, the Spurs aren't, and which is, I mean, honestly, somewhat to be expected. They're shooting 19% from three, 32% from the field. You're not going to win NBA basketball games doing that. Your Mavs, however, doing uh, doing enough, not shooting particularly well from three, which is a little bit of a slump ov- overall over the last, what, three games? It's from, good, from it's, the three it's good for them, though. We can get wins without the three ball, man. Yep, and, I mean, that is, that is a nice thing to see is that they can win without knocking down threes, uh, defense showing up, um, of course, again, Kind of bad team, so I don't know how much you want to put on the defense, but it does matter. It does matter in that way. Luka Doncic, 27 points. Kyrie Irving, 26 uh, points. So, look, the the scoring has come from the two places that where the scoring comes from, those two guys. 
We'll talk more about this game uh, later in the program. But right now, I want to go around the association, talk about some things in basketball. Um, let's see, where should we begin? How about we begin here? Um, so I know the NBA of the past in the 80s, the 90s, we saw we saw players get active, and I don't just mean playing basketball. Animosities made their way to the hardwood, and they were handled on the hardwood. Those days are long gone. In the 2020s, we, we don't we don't adjudicate things in that way, except for maybe in one particular situation. Because earlier today, Drew Eubank says that uh, Pistons center Isaiah Stewart punched him pregame. All right, and that's if I had to. Anybody I don't want to get punched by, it's probably him. Right. Hours before the teams were due to play, Eubanks told reporters before the game that the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. He said an argument started and they were chest to chest before Stewart threw a punch. Security intervened and Eubanks said he was fine for the game. First of all, um, hey man, when you entered the arena, like I understand we were like, hey man, you got to guard him when he gets in the arena. I, I didn't think anybody took that seriously, but two, how do, like, do players typically interact pre before the game in the tunnels? Like, don't they usually have? I understand. Look, the tunnels all connect, but the locker rooms are usually pretty far away. It's usually like a decent amount of separation. I imagine, at least in my mind, I've always thought about it as when they enter the arena. You know, they have their different ways to go in, and they typically don't interact. Except that maybe Isaiah Stewart was like, "I got to go meet this man. I got to go talk to this man." But I found that to be insane. What what team is Drew Eubanks on? The Phoenix Suns. Man, that's a name right there. Uh, so Eubanks got punched, and he's the one that got fined. Did he get fined for this? I thought you said he got fined. No, no, he said he was fine. Fine. For the game. He's okay to play. Okay, he yeah, was yeah. fine. I thought he said he got fined. I was like, dang, how you take a punch and you the for one snitching. paying for no, it? Playing. He said, hey, Adam was, Silver was like, hey, dog. <laughs> we cracking Why down Why are you bringing all the old stuff? Um, we don't do that here. Yeah, man. I, I the, the tunnels usually do have some kind of connect, and we've seen something similar to this in – in basketball, especially in, uh, with Draymond. Speaking of Draymond, Draymond and Isaiah Stewart I saw on Twitter in one of the breaks. They already got into it tonight and were chest-to-chest, pulled each other and were right in each other's grill. And it looked like they were about to throw hands. And it looked like Draymond, he wanted smoke, but not all of it. You know, He, he wanted the smoke, not the barbecue. Uh, he, he didn't want to throw it, but he was right in his face and they were going at it. Wait, Draymond and who? And Isaiah Stewart tonight. They're not, the Warriors aren't, the Warriors oh, no, aren't playing? When, that must have been yesterday, man. Yeah, that must have been. But, yeah, because uh, the Warriors, when was the West? The Warriors, the Warriors playing, or the watching the Warriors play the Clippers. You know what that was? It was probably somebody going back and get into the archives and find uh, a video. Because of because Isaiah. Isaiah Stewart was a madman, right? Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like this is something that we're missing a little bit from sports actively. Is the dude who we are all convinced, and, of course, there's a tough way to say this because we've become a little bit more enlightened about the way we talk about these things. But a dude who, you know, the elevator might not, you know, uh, or the lights might not all, you know, like, you, you get what I'm saying, right? I'm mm-hmm. trying to be delicate. Not necessarily good at doing that right now, but yeah, man, he that dude looked like he got screws missing at times. Like you remember? Do you remember the time where what were they playing? The Lakers? And he ran through everybody like an NFL running and back. And he looked like he looked like Lendell White in the Rose Bowl back in 05. Like he was running through dudes. Mm-hmm. Big dude looked like he was doing a fullback dive, running through dudes because he wanted to go talk to somebody. Oh, we LeBron, LeBron. He wanted to go talk to LeBron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that's is, a, that's that, a crazy run. That's a whole nother level because everybody in the league understands like LeBron is kind of untouchable in a way. You do something over there, you're probably going to, it's not going to end up well. And it might not even be there at the arena. You try to check into your hotel, 
Go ahead and come with us, sir. Yeah. Do <laughs> you think the FBI is coming to get Isaiah Oh, Stewart? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to make everything seem cool. Yeah, you're going to go with us uh, for a while. You won't be needing that uniform either, sir. Yeah, so uh, apparently it's somewhat nice to know that the league still has one person that you're like, hey, like almost Dennis Rodman-esque, where it's just like, hey, don't. don't. Or Ron Artest, now known as Meta World Peace-esque. Super Meta World like, Peace. Just, just, just let him be. Be careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful around there, right? Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't know exactly how that's going to go. Uh, as we continue talking uh, around the association, how about this? And, I mean, I saw this and I was just kind of flabbergasted in a way, and I'm interested to see how it changes opinions of certain folks. You mentioned Draymond Green mm-hmm. and the Golden State Warriors. It came out today that apparently before the trade deadline, as the Warriors, you know, they're sitting, I believe, 10th in the West. They, you know, they're they're not in a good way. It's very clear that the only thing that they have that's like really an incredible thing for them is Steph Curry and everything else needs some level of adjusting. One of the ways that they thought about maybe getting this better was trying to trade for LeBron James. Yeah. That's man. not a joke. That's not me just saying things. There's reporting that in two different ways. So Joe Lacob, who is the team owner, apparently he called Jeannie Buss, who is the owner of the Lakers, and asked them, what would be your appetite for maybe possibly trading LeBron James? And Jeannie Buss was like, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that, but you would have to talk to LeBron James's camp and all that. And so apparently Draymond Green, in a, in, in a, I mean, a story that we've kind of heard before, went in – texted uh, Rich Paul, who is the you know CEO of Clutch Sports, that, and he is LeBron James' agent, to see if, not just to see, to try and get him on board to try and uh, you know get LeBron to want to be traded to the Warriors. And all of this made me go, I'm still amazed that people aren't more mad at like the Warriors and Draymond Green about the Kevin Durant joining them to make the super team thing, because that's basically what they're trying to do here again, right? Yeah, or man. what they tried to do at the trade deadline. Of course, LeBron James ultimately wanted to stay with the Lakers, but I found that to be kind of fascinating, and especially because it seems like people largely have liked the Warriors behind Steph Curry and, like, the babyface assassin and all that stuff, when in all reality, they were about to, they were trying to do the, hey, let's make a super team again. And the super teams are dead, man. That's why the Suns aren't going to win. You don't need 15 All-Stars to win, man. And I guess Draymond just saw where the team is right now. Instead, we need one more old guy over here. And LeBron is still great. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to have to give up a lot to get LeBron still. He's still very good. He's not getting traded for a second-round pick. I can tell you that right now. You're going to have to give up a large chunk of that team, and especially that youth, if they're just going to give up LeBron James that fills that stadium. That place would riot. Yeah, that's the tough part about it. It's like the team isn't good enough to to sell off or to send out your best player um, and then just be like, hey, we didn't bring anything back that will, like, make you really – that's not uh, super appealing. Like, what are you trading? You haven't traded, what, Wiggins, Clay? Uh, what else are you having to send in order to make this palatable, right? What there's young none, players? There's, there, there's nothing you could do. Yeah, there, so. there's, I don't even know how, why, how it got that far. I don't Unless Draymond was just like, hey, you're my buddy. Come on. Well, it really, it really only got as far as let's probe and see if there's any interest. And the answer ultimately was no. I just, I just want to know, and look, maybe this is a good thing for the Warriors that, like, and if you're a Warriors fan, somehow you look and you go, hey, this organization is willing to try everything, but that just felt like a little bit of a waste of time, right? But I guess also, to be fair, this is not super common. I think in, in the reporting from Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, she also noted that apparently Daryl Morey does this all the damn time, mm-hmm. who is now the executive uh, at um, Philadelphia with the 76ers. Apparently... Before the trade deadline, he called up the Suns and like, would y'all be willing to trade Kevin Durant? What? 
are you for real? But apparently he just does this. He just like, because to be fair. Shoot or shoot, man. You can't know if you don't ask, right? Shoot or shoot. He goes, hey, that LeBron dude, man, Kevin Durant, y'all be y'all done with him? We can really use him here on a 72. We got Tyrese Maxey. We're not giving him up, of course, to Ellen Embiid. We could build something really great here. I don't even, they're, they're, you know, if y'all have ever played Madden or 2K in the franchise mode, when you try to trade for certain players, they don't give you a trade back. There's nothing that can be clicked, usually when it's a team's best player especially if they're of a certain caliber. I don't even understand how I got that, but hey, man, you never know. You never know when someone's on the market until you ask, so I, I respect their game. I see you. I see you, Daryl. Shout out to all the Daryls listening right now. Daryl, not a bad name. Like, I think it's a – if you had to – never mind, I'm not going to go down it's, it's, it's It depends how you spell Daryl. I think Daryl, huh. like how Maury is, that's a very G way to spell it, D-A-R-Y-L. You're you're probably oh, a real like G. Oh, like D A R R E L L. You're you're out on that. I'm or? out on that. Oh one. wow. The D A R Y L. It's a very G. It's like yo, my name's Daryl. D A R Y L. How do you yeah. how do you how do you pronounce the other one if it's spelled the other way? Daryl. Okay, very good. I'm glad that we went down that path. <laughs> <laughs> and let's guess we continue around the association. Come on, Daryl. Uh, Adam Silver, you know him as the commissioner of the National Basketball Association. Apparently, he was on um, he was on Pat McAfee's show earlier today, and he had some news that I think Mavs fans, I imagine, if you if you interpret this in a certain way, should probably give you a little bit of a solace. I imagine, in my interpretation, let me see if Blake, you agree, as he was talking about, and we've talked about Las Vegas being um, you know a city that has grown more and more in sports. Uh, as a home of teams, especially after, you know, these leagues have gotten more comfortable with the idea of, you know, sports betting. And he said, quote, that Vegas is definitely on our list of cities under consideration for expansion franchises. He went further to say, we want to figure out what our media relationships are going to look like, but then we will turn to expansion. Um, So basically what that sounds like is we want to figure out what the next TV deal is, which you could tell the NBA has done a lot of things to try and generate more revenue or, you know, to make them more profitable or more marketable in the TV space once the TV deal is. But it sounds like what's going to happen is the TV deal is going to happen and then they'll look at expansion and Las Vegas is probably going to be city number one. And the reason why I say this should probably give Mavs fans a little bit of comfort is I know there's Mavs fans that were looked around and were like, yo, is the Allison family going to move the Mavs to Las Vegas? If they're looking at that as an expansion city, there is the franchise that goes in Las Vegas as opposed to the Mavs somehow moving. Yep, yep. It's not going to be the Mavs, so y'all can stop with that narrative. And I I want to say about a couple weeks ago, we heard that LeBron wants to be tied to a franchise and is very inclined with the oh, Vegas yeah. experiment. So. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been a long time mm-hmm. kind of assumption is that mm-hmm. he will own a team when he's done playing and Vegas seems like the the primary place where and he ain't getting no younger. Happen. No, they, he's not. Have they made any official announcement when, like, they would do that sort of thing? Like, when they no. would expand? No, no, no. That And that's this is the closest that I've seen, at least, to any level of, like, very uh, firm date being placed, right? It's just kind of a nebulous idea that, yeah, they would like to expand. But this is probably as close as we get when they're like, hey, we'd like to figure out what our TV partners is, which, I mean, like I said, pretty closely lines up with the idea of the TV deal, which, if I remember correctly, is, what, a season or two? Yeah. And now, so you you could be looking at expansion within what a couple of seasons or maybe I mean like the idea of starting the expansion process in a couple of seasons or maybe even three four five seasons you might start seeing expansion happen. Now the most important question when it comes to this Vegas expansion team, what's going to be the name of the team? Vegas. We got the Vegas Knights. We got the Vegas Aces. 
you Vegas know Golden Knights, I should say. That's right. Uh, put some respect on that team's name, although they, I don't think anybody around here really cares all that much. Um, about the Vegas Knights. Crusaders? Vegas. What do we think about that? I think the kind of stinks, not going to lie. But um, I think also worth noting, right? I should say this part of it. I think that na- my, my thought process on naming things is that it's it's a lot harder than we try and make uh, give credit for. Like We're like, we, we try and make it seem like there are great names, and I don't think there are very many great names that exist. I think a lot of times the names that we think are great we do that because of the nostalgia that we attach to those and we just we build the the we build the the value of the name over time and it mm-hmm. just kind of sticks to you and so you start with a name that is palatable generally palatable and people will attach themselves to it more and more as time goes on is the way that I view it right because inherently some of the things that we think are incredibly named, you can look at the name, you're like, actually, that's not really a great name just on its on its own merit. But over time, the value is built up. That's the, that was that's always been my thought process. I could be Vegas wrong. Blackjacks. What else happens in Vegas other than gambling? Vegas sin. All right. I don't think I don't think you're allowed to do that. The 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 Vegas you're Halos. Definitely. What about that? What about on the opposite side? The Vegas Halos. I don't know. I don't know that that No, I think it's got to align with one of the teams because, I mean, not all the time, but traditionally they like to do like one city. So, for instance, like the Chicago, uh, Chicago Bears and the Cubs. So they kind of like to keep it in like that kind of family. Again, traditionally, that's not always been the case. So Tigers, Lions, and It won't be the the Vegas Spades then if you want to go Spades and Aces. The Vegas Kings. There's already a Kings. That's yeah. Sacramento, 10 feet away. That's true. Sacramento, give up the name of your team. Sorry. I was about to say Sacramento. Vegas High Vegas Rollers confirmed. was sent in. No, that's And then one of the tough things about it is naming things now is that there's so much property, uh, like IP, that's already out there that some team already owns. And so having to clear all of that makes it really tough. We saw that happen with the Commanders. But there's probably better names out there, but they look around and they're like, hey, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of uh, space here for some of the names that we would probably go for. Vegas Dunes. Vegas Wages. What? Vegas Boneyards. Vegas Bones. I don't even know what that. Oh, are we talking dominoes? Is that what we're doing there? I I I, I don't know, Reggie. Vegas Neons. Okay. All right. Maybe, maybe Sin City, you just you just do that. Maybe <laughs> you just do that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Vegas Hoovers, as in the Hoover Dam, is what I'm guessing you're going the for. Vegas there. Oasis. Vegas Oasis. Oh, yeah, it's weird to get like the singular team name because I think the only where the only place we have that in the NBA is the Heat, and that's still really weird. But regardless, or no, the Magic as well. Florida cornering the market on uh, single unified team names. What do you mean? Oh, single. Wait, what do you mean single names? I'm, I'm I'm trying to follow. It's single names. It's Magic as opposed to like the Magics. Oh, with no, oh, not plural. Yeah, exactly. Okay, singular. okay. There we go. Like the Stanford Cardinal, <laughs> which is the color, mind you. It's not a bird. Uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Did we do anything productive? Who knows? Will we continue to be productive? Absolutely not. As coming up next, time for a little sharing time on Valentine's Day. We'll do that next on The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. To get right right here on 105.3 The Fan, Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, Ross Lebensky's on the ones and twos for you this evening on a Wednesday in the Metroplex. In fact, Valentine's Day. That is that day, huh? It, 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 it is. is. It happens to be. And so you got a date with us. Get right. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. You can always get involved by texting into the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053. You can also catch us on YouTube, 105.3 The Fan, or twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Um, Blake? You good? You all right over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're making me go first. I'm just, I just wanted to see how you're doing over there. You doing I, good? On it, you want me to be honest? I was thinking about how the subject of what we're about to talk about, I'm not good at pronouncing the name of today. So I was just going to call it V Day and I was debating in my head. Oh, I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that one goes over exactly the way that you want it to, but I was, is V Day not, is that not culturally appropriate? Can you not say? I, do, I don't know. I had a little bit of a hesitation to it. I can't exactly explain why, but you know what? I think. Just say it how you say it, man. Like it's- Valentine. <laughs> the fact that you really slowed that down was very weird. Anyways, <laughs> it's time to do a little sharing time here yes. on the Get Right on 105.3. Okay. Well, why, why, why are you so <laughs> conscious about that? Because there's a lot of words I don't, I don't say right. And Valentine, Valentine is one of them. Now I'm thinking about it. Let's go to the 214. Uh, hot take Blake was it dumb of me to gift a girl who friend zoned me some or hot friends- take Blake sounds like a segment by the way I, it should be they they, they, they love they love uh, calling me that I appreciate all the all the tolos that do that was it dumb for me to gift a girl who friend zoned me something for today I gave her chocolates all she said was thanks um I fe- I feel like this is the same two one four this asks me some relationship questions and I'll try my best to be careful with with your heart um, that's all what you always should be yes. right um. Yeah, remember Michael Jackson said that his mom told him not to go around breaking young girls' hearts. Yep. So um, I think you should do the same. So yeah. when it comes to Valentine's Day, and I put this on my story today, this is a very big make-or-break day. All those situationships, they get figured out today. Are we just messing around? Are we for real? Are we dating? And you'll know just by the social media post because we live in a day and age where if you don't post someone on social media and you're dating and you're of a certain age, probably not official. Girl or guy is going to get mad. So in this instance, if you've been friend zoned and you chose to give her chocolates, you made a conscious decision to give her chocolates, I commend you because it's tough. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's, I've been in a similar situation. It's tough to give chocolates to someone that you know the energy isn't exactly reciprocated. I don't know if i do it on Valentine's Day, though. <laughs> I don't know if that would be the day because that could put you in a deeper hole um, with said partner. Um, I would maybe do it on maybe the day after. So this is what I would do. I would wait after, see a response to social media. How was your Valentine's Day? Oh, si- side Chicks Day? Yeah, Side Chicks Day, the day after. Make make sure to see, oh, nobody, nobody got me anything. Well, wouldn't you be happy to check your front door because there's chocolates waiting for you? Or maybe wait. Maybe wait to see a response, and then you jump on it. But now you, you put yourself in an awkward situation. You can still get yourself out, not the end of the world. But it's a bold move, but I commend the bold move at the same time. You got to be weary of these girls out here, man. Got to be weary of these girls out here. Yeah, it just feels like, hey, man, if you if you wanted to give a gift, just give the gift. Give the gift, right? Like I don't, I think mean, I feel like sometimes we spend so much time thinking about like what is perceived as or what have you, and obviously you do need to understand like the perception when it comes to like it's a it's a mode of communication. But ultimately, mm-hmm. 
hey, man, if you want to give her a gift, give her a gift. And if you don't want to give her a gift, don't give her a gift, right? Like, I just, I don't know. It, it feels like it's gotten to a different level. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, d- but the 214 says, is this the same 214 or is it a different 214? They said a woman who friends on me asked me to get her a Valentine's gift. What's up with that? I, I, I look, that's a whole different, that's a whole Oof. different thing, right? Like, yeah. at that point. Asked you to? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's that's a different thing, right? Like, that feels like. It feels like she's trying to play both okay. ways. I feel like at yeah. that point you need to draw draw uh, a, a line a boundary, of the sand, right? There just needs to be a boundary. I don't know. Line of the sand, sand fine, fine, uh, ugh, sounds too confrontational, but I think it's like, hey, man, I want you to understand. Like we we can we can be friends, but friends have these expectations, and if you want whatever, that's a different thing. And like, cool and, with either. I imagine if you are indeed cool with either, but it's like, hey, got to make that. You you can't you can't have can't have it both ways can't have it both ways. We got to make sure what we got going here makes sense. Okay, now we're just doing. I, I was just we're say, just doing a, a, a mailbag of love at this point. All right, if you trust myself and Blake to answer your uh, love mailbag questions, feel that's free to text them in eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. I want to. I'm I'm very big on disclaimers. I don't know nothing about nothing. No, I want I, that to be very clear. And I'll I do my best for you. I want this to be clear. I'm a love doctor, baby. Send them in from okay. the 469. Question, my girlfriend got me a big box of chocolate and Starbucks coffee mug. Is it okay I didn't get her anything? Because last night I took her to a nice romantic dinner and drinks at Gin Korean Barbecue in Frisco. They came out to, he remembered it, 148 with tip. That's why. I'm not complaining whatsoever and is happy. I'm just curious if y'all think I should have got her something. So I'm in the space. I feel like you know the answer to that question. I feel like deep down within yourself, you know that question. I'll let you go. My bad. No, uh, no, no, you're good. You're the good. The doctor's good. in. Blake Elliott, what you got? Um, you, you, the dinner is great, and the girl will remember that, but she's not gonna probably remember it past next Tuesday. So if you go get her, you go to Kroger and you get her the cheapest flower. It does not matter. You get her some flowers, my boy. The absolute cheap, not the second. Okay, cheapest. maybe maybe second cheapest, maybe second cheapest. And you, and this is the biggest part. Men, all my men, listen, I don't care if you're five years old or 55 years old. I mean, if you're five years old, I don't think you got income. But they could be listening. They can get it for the little kindergarten crush. Make sure you From pay where? attention to Who's the money. Um, You can hustle. I don't see lemonade stands. You <laughs> you make sure. What is this, 1985? <laughs> lemonade stands? Let me get to my point. You listen to your lady. you be lady. surprised. I've seen some around. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do they have, like the square, the little, you could tap your card? You would think <laughs> square in Square space to, to pay. Men or women, listen to your partner, and if you pay attention to what candy they like, not what they tell you, what candy they like, every time you go to the gas station, what do they leave with? What do they leave with? Is it Reese's? Is it M&M's? Is it Nerd Clusters? Is it Twizzlers? Black licorice? Whatever it may be, and you go get that candy, and you give it to them with said flowers, makes their day. Makes their day. It doesn't. Now you can go extravagant and book a trip if you got money like that, and give them a Louis V bag and the whole nine and that. Materialistic things are cool. It's the thought, my boys, today that matters. It is the thought that matters. Dinner is cool. Get her some flowers. Get her her favorite candy, her favorite little cheat meal snack, and just have it with her. Leave nothing to be asked about it. I just thought of you today, babe. And I promise you, you're going to be like Maurice Cheeks tonight. (laughs) Yeah, I just feel like you know the answer to that question. Right. I understand like you, you doing all this counting of the money. And I, I understand what you're trying to do there. You're trying to make it very clear. I, I definitely put some effort forward. Mm-hmm. There was money in this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did not, I did not go cheap. But the fact that you asking this question makes it feel like you're a little, you're a little, uh, I don't know, concerned. Mm-hmm. You're a little worried. Mm-hmm. Also matters. How long have y'all been dating? 
and it feels it feels like you probably you probably should have. That's what it, that's what it feels like. For, and this is the thing, like like Blake is mentioning, doesn't have to be a big gift. Um, but this is the thing, if if it if it feels like she's comfortable with the idea that that was her gift for Valentine's Day, cool. Like, really is. I can't answer that question for you. I'm not the person you're trying to date, right? And if you are, sorry about that, right? Like that's that's I think you're doing this wrong. If that's the case, uh, I, I wonder. Do we have any female listeners? Listening right now, 877-881-1053. Let us know what would be a acceptable Valentine's Day gift. Let's get some girls POV. What would be a good Valentine's Day gift to you? I kind of already know what they're going to say. I do want to know, hear. though, men's Valentine's Day gifts. Have, how, how many gifts have you received or, you know, what has it been? Like, have they felt satisfactory? Because I do think that there's that's like a stereotype at least. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that there's not some level of truth to it. Mm-hmm. That it's like, hey, man. The women's be getting eight things, and the men's maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm cool with a Nike jogger set. Oh, that's 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 got a little that's a little pricey to it. Yeah, I mean that's the tech fleece. The tech fleece. Oh, okay. You live in large. You got you a little sugar mama. Right. I see you though. I mean, hey, shout out Tiger Woods. Honestly, I would have preferred that. My story would be, um, God, I can't even remember what year of high school it was, but one of the gals I dated in high school, um, I was really into her. Apparently, she was not into me because at Valentine's, we exchanged gifts. I got her, like, not like a ball out, like James Avery necklace, but I got her a James Avery necklace. Okay. And she got me not a regular size, but a miniature sized pillow pet. Were you talking about pillow pets on the week's coming? No. Did it have any level of particular sentimental value to you? No. Never once came up, not even remotely. Oh, all right. A pillow pet, huh? So pretty swiftly thereafter, I was like, does she like me? And the answer was no. Maybe she liked the pillow pet. There you go. Was she doing the thing that some people tend to do where they get a gift for someone else, but really it's a a gift for them? I mean, maybe she very unsubtly said at one point, she was like, yeah, my brother dated a girl at one point, and, you know... He was so into her, but she wasn't into him, and she just didn't know how to break it to him. So I think that was her way of very oh, nicely wow. saying, like, yeah. this is not working. I'm not interested. Well, that type of thing. I, I know at least one of my friends, one of my good friends, called me today to tell me what they got my other good friend for Valentine's Day. And it was Oh, a, you got to be the middleman. That's yeah. uncomfortable. No, 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 no. They're, they're good friends, and they always share when they're getting each other gifts. And what do you think the person will think? I'm good friends with both of them gotcha, for a long time. Gotcha, gotcha, she got gotcha. him a PS5. So... <sighs> That's elite. Yeah. That's elite work. Yeah. So step up your game, boys, and you'll get a PS5. From I, I don't I don't know if that's exactly how that goes, but honestly, really the big thing is, hey, man, if you want something, you might need to close mouths don't get fed, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You just keep putting breadcrumbs. Man, all my friends sure do got a PS5, don't they, huh? PS4. Breadcrumbs. I'm talking about croutons, baby. <laughs> yeah, that new Spider-Man game looks really fun, but gosh, I can only play it on the newest PlayStation. What a shame. And, but also at the same time, are you raising your levels to expectations that are going to get you crushed? That's also the tough mm-hmm. part, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is this is the tough part about it. But mm-hmm. you know what? Uh, either way, hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. Um, and from the 972 scene, sounds like they are. My wife got me some red velvet cookies from Tiff's Treats today, and those are my favorite. There you go. And, and you know what? The last part, those are my favorite. There you go. There you go. So there, I, I hope everybody has had a fun Valentine's Day thus far. Um, if you are single, Blake Ellie got a little something for you a little bit later in the show. But coming you. up next, before we even get to that, we got to get you your headlines on this evening, including a Mavericks win on the evening. We discuss all that next on The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 